Amen. So, today we're going to start out with Joshua. The title of the message is, As for Me and My House. You can look it up and find the notes online, the scripture online, by going to lifeway.church forward slash 6-6-21 to follow along in the notes in case you say, well, what, what was that scripture? That, what was that scripture that they were talking about? Um, the next few weeks we're going to be in the series called Be Brave because we're on a battlefield. You know, I've heard it said that uh, the earth is the closest to heaven that a sinner will get but it's the closest to hell that a saint will get, right? Earth sits in the middle of heaven and hell, and earth is a battlefield, thanks to Adam, <laughs> right? Because he opened the door and said, hey, come on in. So, you know, don't blame Adam because what would you have done, right? <laughs> We're not going to condemn Adam. We're going to recognize that we're on a battlefield. We're living between heaven and hell. We have a choice. And if you haven't received Jesus today, you can make, make that choice to live in heaven eternally with the Father. Of course, he has other plans for us as well. But we face opposition, and that's the point. We face opposition. And sometimes we don't remember that. We are going along in our life and we're paying attention to the things that just matter to us and our 401ks and our investment accounts and uh, our job and our house and the things that need to be done and things on our to-do list to check off and we're unaware a lot of times that there's an enemy we're unaware that God has provided us all that we need to face the enemy and win victoriously every day He's given us his armor. He's given us his armor, not our armor. He's given us his armor to use. He's given us his word, which is the offensive weapon, uh, the supernatural weapon that takes down all the weapons of the enemy, is the word of God. And so I'm listing everything that Jesus and, and the Father have given us, his name, his blood, the Holy Spirit. We have all we need. Everybody just say, we have all we need. Do you really believe that? We have all we need. The one thing I find that we lack the most of is bravery. Our courage. Our, we could say the guts to do what we need to do. The courage and the confidence to speak something that we know is going to be controversial or might offend people. I'm not sure if you were aware of this news story that happened over the past couple of weeks, but there was a story that broke last week of an elementary physical education teacher in Virginia named Tanner Cross. Tanner is a Christian, and he had a problem with uh, two new school policies that deal with teachers using the student's preferred name or a gender-neutral pronoun that corresponds with their preferred gender identity and Tanner appeared before the school board to bravely voice his concerns and position 
And in his speech, he said that he had recently watched the 60 Minutes episode a couple of weeks ago where they had interviewed over 30 people, young people, who had on, undergone the uh, gender transition surgery. And these young people said, said that they felt that they were led astray because of a lack of pushback or because how easy it was to make physical changes to their bodies. And these 30 people, young people, are now detransforming, are detransitioning, or reversing the process. And so this was the words of Tanner. He said, It's not my intention to hurt anyone, but there are certain truths that we must face when ready. We condemn the two school policies that would damage children and defile the holy image of God. He said, I love all of my students, but I will never lie to them regardless of the consequences. I'm a teacher, but I serve God first, and I will not affirm that a biological boy can be a girl and vice versa because it's against my religion. It's lying to a child. It's abuse to a child, and it's sinning against our God. Now, after the meeting, as you can imagine, he was put on administrative leave by the principal of the school. And you can be sure that there's a lawsuit coming out of this. Um, Tanner's pastor uh, is one of the main reasons that he had the courage to stand up and speak out. He said that his pastor takes an unapologetic stand and encourages the church and the community to take back our schools. And uh, Tanner's pastor is Gary Hamrick. And Gary Hamrick said that uh, this is what living your faith is all about. It's applying what we know to be true from God's word to everyday life. We have to be ready to be salt and light no matter what the opposition looks like. Pastor uh, Hamrick said that the church needs to be ready to stand with these people that are brave, bravely vocalizing their heart and he and pastor hamrick said this too many pastors are surrendering pub a biblical truth in the public square and if they would have the daniel-like boldness of people like tanner our culture would look a whole lot different but too many of us have been motivated by the flesh we're afraid of losing friends we're afraid of being labeled we're afraid of losing money or losing popularity but Pastor Gary said this, what I found is that the more that I just lovingly tell the truth and share God's word, people are hungry for that. And it's actually had the opposite effect. People are coming because they want to know somebody who will tell them the truth in the midst of a very relative world. So Pastor Gary brought the Cross family up to the front of the church and prayed over them. And he said, we have to rise up in this day and declare what is right. The American church has been asleep for too long. And it's time to reclaim the land for the glory of God. Do it in a loving but truthful way. But lift up your voices. Because otherwise, how will the world hear? And so, guys, this is happening all over the place. I have seen so many videos in the past couple of weeks of... Even 10-year-old girls standing before the, before the school boards talk, talking about this mask mandate and saying, 
basically this one girl says, let my people free. Bravely talking about what nobody wants to talk about. Let's just ignore the fact, ignore all the facts, go on this thing called science that ignores common sense that it, it guys, it's time to be brave. And think about yourself. What would you do if you were in that same situation? What would you do? Right in the face of unconstitutional lockdowns, mandates and policies that push and enforce a socialist and Marxist agenda on our country. Yesterday I saw in Hungary, I saw a picture of thousands of people that took to the streets of Budapest to protest a Chinese university's plan to build and open, uh, build and open a campus in Budapest, a Chinese university. Hungary was under 44 years of communism ending in 1989. And those people know what communism looks like and smells like. And they do not want the CCP to take over their country. That's why they're protesting, because they know where it leads to. We have Americans that have no idea what it leads to. That's why we have people that have become Americans that say, hey, do you guys really understand what's going on? Because it's not good. Right? And so, bravery makes the difference. What does bravery look like in the days that we're living in? And so this morning, I want us to look at Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. And I want to notice some things that stand out from the life of Joshua that made him brave. I'm going to begin reading in the first verse, chapter 1 of Joshua, from the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Moses he was Moses' assistant. And he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come. You can underline the time has come. It's very important. The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on the land that I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then everything written in it, or then everything, every, you will be successful in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be, you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then you will prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. 
There's five points from this word from God to Joshua in the first chapter here that I want to bring out. Five points real quickly. Number one, remember the promises. Remember the promises. These are in the notes so you can go back to them. God is saying, remember the promises that I made to Moses. The same promises that I made to Moses, I'm making to you. Number two, I am faithful. God says I'm faithful. Joshua, it doesn't depend on your faithfulness. It doesn't depend on Moses' faithfulness because Moses at the very last disobeyed God at the very end, right? I am faithful, says the Lord. Number three, obey all that I said. Don't turn to the left or to the right. Do everything that I have told you. Do all that I told Moses. Number four, study my words of instruction day and night. Don't rely on what you learned last month or last year. It's not from memory. Just because you can recite a verse from memory does not mean you believe it. Come on, somebody. Amen. Just, believe, just because you can recite a word, uh, a verse from memory, doesn't mean you believe it. <laughs> Do you believe it? How are you studying it? When you study it, it becomes you and you become it. You become one with the word when you study the word day and night. And number five, I am with you wherever you go and always. When, whenever you get there, I'm there. I'm there. I'm with you. So those five things is, is what the Lord was showing Joshua at that moment of the command. He is commanding Joshua. The word for command there is a Hebrew word that signifies a direct order from a superior to a subordinate. There is no negotiation. This is not a suggestion. It's not just a good idea. It is a requirement for leading and obeying God. It's a command. To be brave, to be strong, to be courageous, to be bold, to be confident. Insert any adjective in there that you want. But bravery comes from faith, which comes from confidence, which comes from trust. Brave is the trigger for a miracle. To be brave. You think Moses had to be brave when he lifted up that rod? Just a piece, uh, just a stick over the sea. Brave. Do what God says to do when he says to do it. Not a minute before, not a minute after. Obey. Brave. It's not a suggestion. Be brave. Be strong. Be courageous. Three times in that passage there, in that word from the Lord to, to Joshua, three times, be strong and courageous. There's a distinction, strength, courage. But the Lord is commanding him. So I, I, I thought about, let's back up before that moment and look at the life of Joshua before he became the leader of Israel. How did Joshua, that's a good question, how did Joshua become the successor to Moses? Well, if you look back and you, you discover out of Exodus and how uh, God delivered his people out of Egypt out of bondage Joshua was there and he was pretty tight in with Moses 
he hung around Moses because at a certain point Moses selected Joshua to fight the Amalekites he said Joshua go get the men because the Amalekites are coming up against us and you remember that was when Aaron and her were holding up Moses hand Joshua and his men were actually out there fighting the Amalekites as Moses was sitting down on the rock and Aaron and her were holding up his hands with the stick in his hands Joshua was the one out there proving himself as a young man to do what Moses told him to do he was faithful to Moses he stuck close to Moses he was a one of the commanders in Moses army right Moses was watching him Moses gave him something to do and Joshua fulfilled what Moses asked him to do that's why you see Moses going up on the mountain to receive the commandments from God and he takes Joshua with him Joshua Joshua was actually up with Moses in the cloud for 40 days and 40 nights now we think you know from Hollywood that it was just Moses going up and you know I don't know it doesn't say that Joshua went all the way up there where Moses was but Moses left Aaron and her down the mountain but he said to Joshua come up with me when he went up for 40 days and 40 nights the second time that he went up the mountain when he came back down Joshua was with him because Joshua said hey it sounds like something's going on and the closer they got Moses said ah uh, that's singing and dancing it's not any war right so Joshua was with Moses and that's what we need to see that connection that Joshua was faithful to God but also faithful to the man of God there's value in mentoring there's value in seeing God's faithfulness in someone else's life Moses called Joshua to choose out one person a leader from each of the 12 tribes to go into the land of Canaan to the promised land to spy out the land they weren't spying out the land to see if that's what they wanted or really even to see how good it was they were spying out the land to see a way in to the land the right way to go into the land it just so happened that those spies brought back the bounty right and who was it that stood before Moses when they gave the report and said hey surely we can go up and take this land just like God said Joshua and Caleb right the other ten said no the two said yes and one of the two was Joshua so you see Joshua was with Moses being groomed for such a time as that in Joshua chapter 1 where God would call him to then lead the children of Israel into the promised land that Moses started on that journey but 40 years later made the wrong choice at the wrong time bravery is born when you begin to see things from God's perspective Joshua and Caleb saw 
that God's promise was true and that God was faithful. And that's why Joshua and Caleb said, there's absolutely no way we can fail. If God told us to go, let's go. What are we waiting for? But that's the time that they begin to wander, wander in the desert, right? Because of the unbelief, unbelief. Can you imagine? Here's a man in Joshua chapter 1 who is close to 80 years old, who's been wandering around in the desert for 40 years with people who are filled with unbelief and they're dying off. That generation is dying off, but he still has faith. He still has faith. He still has faith. He saw Moses during this whole time. He saw Moses become brave by serving God and obeying God and serving God and obeying God. And everywhere they stopped, Moses would set up the tent of meeting. And you can read in Exodus chapter 33, Moses set up this tent and he would worship God. And who was around the tent? Joshua. Watching Moses worship God, worship God, worship God, connect with God. That connection was intriguing to Joshua. Bravery also grows when you associate with people who obey God in the tough times. You know, there were times where Moses wanted to wipe them all out. Go ahead, God. I'll, I'll just move out of the way and let you take them. Send them to their destination. Let's just start over. But then he would intercede, right? God, surely, surely, God, you, you know, you, you, you wouldn't do that. So bravery grows when you associate with people who obey God in the tough times. You can imagine what Joshua saw in the heart of Moses. The principle is you become like those you hang around in the good and the bad times. You know, who are you hanging with? Because you'll start acting just like them. You will. You won't even have to try to act like them. You will start acting like them. But Joshua had this faithfulness to God and faithfulness to Moses. And he saw and heard the heart that Moses had as Moses faithfully worshiped God in the tent of meeting. Courage rises as you learn to wait on God. There's a song that uh, I think Bethel did talk, called Take Courage. Take Courage, My Soul. Um, I, forget, I forget all the lyrics, but it's... He's in, God's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. Moses had to wait, wait on God. And he taught Joshua to wait on God. Don't get premature because you'll have an Ishmael. And so Joshua understood what it meant to wait on God. Don't get ahead of God. That's, that was the whole lesson of the wilderness. The, the, uh, pillar of fire by day and the cloud by night. Whenever that would move, the cloud or the pillar, we would move. If it didn't move, guess what? We don't move. The whole lesson was to wait on God. So this was a man who was nearly 80 years old who heard this message, this command from God to be strong and courageous. But look at the lessons that he learned in his life before God spoke this to him. You know, we look, at the, we look at the moment and we think, wow, God's telling us to be brave. 
but look what developed in Joshua's life before God told him, now's the time. Be brave. Go for it. Go up. Take the land. I've given you the land. I've given these people the land. It's not just about you, Joshua. It's not making a name for yourself. It's not so that you can write a book of your memoirs and sell it on Amazon, become a New York Times bestseller, right? Well, I want to go back and think about this command that God gave to Moses again, taking out those phrases, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous, be strong and courageous and don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you. Moses was 79 when he heard this from God. Is there anybody in here that's 79? Or is there anybody that feels 79? <laughs> don't give up. Look at your neighbor and say, don't give up. No matter how old you are, don't give up. Because the best is yet to come. And who said you could quit prematurely? Who even gave you a choice? Joshua, was, he was close to 80 years old when he stepped up into his ultimate leadership position. But the preparation time to get there was not wasted time. You get credit for preparing, guys, because everything that you've done in your life up to this point has been pre preparation for what lies ahead. God is saying, be bold, be brave, be strong. I've got things for you to do. Don't think that it's over when it's not over. Stop thinking it's over. Because Moses could have thought, you know, look what I've already done. <laughs> I've already lived a, a complete life. I served Moses. You know, I served the man. I stayed full of faith for 40 years while everybody around me that doubted died. Isn't that enough? Isn't that enough, God? You know, why don't you just choose somebody else? You know, can I get an exemption like Moses? I don't speak good, you know. Or you you can imagine God talking to somebody today and and saying, "Okay, now's the time. Be strong. Be very courageous. Be strong. Be very courageous. Be strong. Be very." Like today in 2021, we're like God. You know, that's door number one. What's door number two and door number three look like? Because we want our options. Listen, I've heard Christians for 44 years say, nah, I just don't feel led. Nah, I don't feel led. Scott, I feel like God's calling someone else to that ministry. Because we're so advanced. And we live in such creature comfort. We want to negotiate with God. I'll do this, and I'll do that, uh, but I don't want to do that. After all, and we get scriptural with God, you know, He gives us the desires of our heart. And this, obviously, is not a desire of my heart. So therefore, God couldn't possibly want me to do something that I didn't want to do, right? 
Negotiating God out of a command is not a good thing. It's not negotiable. I'm just not led in that direction. <laughs> when God brings us to a moment when he's commanding us to be brave and courageous, he desires to increase his power and, and strength on us and in us. But he needs our agreement. Don't run the other way. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, like Isaiah. Show me, send me. Right? Here I am. Send me. Here I am. It's just me. But little old me, Gideon, come on. Just, I'm just from the smallest tribe. My people are small. I'm the youngest one. But if you said, Lord, if you said, Joshua, first chapter, the 10th verse, look at this. Because after he gives him the command in verse 9, remember what I've commanded you to do. I've told you, be strong and very courageous three times, and now I'm commanding you to be strong and courageous. Joshua 1, verse 10 and 11, the New Living Translation says this, Joshua then, then, right then, commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell all the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. I like that because Joshua made it personal to the people. Joshua didn't say, hey guys, do this for me. God's counting on me. My name is going to be on the banner and we're going to wave it. I'll be out in front with the banner and you guys come tooting the horn behind me. They'll know that it's, that it's me and they'll give up all of the riches and wave the white flag of surrender, right? No. Joshua said, hey, right now, go tell everyone in the camp to get ready. Get all your provisions ready because in three days we're going to cross the Jordan River. This thing is getting ready to go down. We've been waiting. I've been waiting. Caleb's been waiting. We've been looking at that mountain for 40 years. And now it's time to be brave. Get Saddle up your horses. We got a trail to blaze. Right? We're going to take possession. You know, just because God promised you something doesn't mean that it's automatically going to happen. He's waiting on you to take possession of it. But he's, given, but he's given you everything you need to take possession of it. He doesn't call you to go in, but that doesn't give you the equipment to do what he told you to do when you get there. Right? Bravery is not a state of mind, but it's a determination of action. It's not just a state of mind. It's not a warm and fuzzy feeling, and you're not hearing the rocky theme playing behind you that's not bravery that's hollywood <laughs> right pretty on the outside and nothing on the inside right it's not a feeling guys it's not a feeling it is determination uh oh there's a brave bug somewhere around here Okay, John, next time that bug comes up, 
you take care of him. <laughs> You're determined to do something and not just thinking about it, right? I think I might get up off the couch, turn off Netflix, and quit eating the popcorn and Kool-Aid. <laughs> when God said, let's go, let's be ready to go. Let's be ready to go. Don't wonder where your wallet and your keys are. Lord, help me. <laughs> Look at Joshua 1, 16 and, and, and 18. Here is the response from the people, from the command of Joshua. Joshua commands the people to be ready to go in three days. We're going across the Jordan to possess the land. And here's the response that Joshua gets in verse 16. They answered Joshua, we will do whatever you command us and we will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just like we obeyed Moses and may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your words and everything you command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. They were echoing back what God had said to Joshua. Joshua's response to God was important, but the people's response to Joshua was just as important. Right? This bravery is a huge thing because it's not about you being brave. It's about God's power coming on you. It's about God's spirit manifesting through you. He want, he, I got this word when we were in worship and, 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 and I wanted to give it, but I said, Lord, uh, something else needs to happen right now, so I'll just hang on to it, but it fits right here, right now. The eyes of the Lord are going to and fro about all the earth looking for brave people that he can use to speak and do the things that he shows them to do. Are you one of those brave people? 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 Are you one of those courageous people? It just takes one person. It takes one person to change a school like that I just read this morning. It takes one church to just change a community. It takes one family to change a neighborhood. It, it, it takes just one husband to change a family. Just it, God's just looking for somebody. Somebody that will say, Lord, that doesn't just sound like a good idea. I'm going to act on it. By sundown today. This is what Joshua told the people. Hey, get ready. Get your provision. I'm giving you three days. We're going over the Jordan. And we're taking possession. Look at the response he got. We're with you. In fact, anybody that doesn't obey is dead. They had the authority to do that? Absolutely. After God had given those commandments, God used the word command to Moses before Moses died. When, when Moses brought the Israelites out of Egypt, God used the word commandments and command 430 some odd times in that discourse with Moses for those years that he was setting up his people to do what he called them to do. 
they were sure that everyone around would do what Joshua asked them to do. Over the years that were after that, because Joshua lived to be 110, and so that was 30 years later, a little bit over 30 years, that Joshua went through the land of Canaan and drove out the enemies. There, it, there, were, there was fighting. <laughs> there were, it was tough. It was battle. It's, it, again, it's not like Hollywood where, you know, here comes the army and the other army waves a white flag and lays down everything and, okay, no. They had something to do. They had to do something. Moses, when he died, was 110. And here's the verse from Joshua chapter 24, before Moses died, that we point to. Some people don't even realize where this, where this verse came from. Uh, Joshua, before he died, he repeated the covenant. He repeated the covenant. He repeated the covenant because he didn't want the people that he had led all the way into the promised land to forget what God had told them. It was so important. I mean, here's a man that had seen the faithfulness of God, had seen God use him in a mighty, miraculous way, who had been studying the Word day and night to observe, to do all that was written therein. And in the last part of his life, he was reminding them of the covenant. He was stressing the fact that you cannot forget God, you cannot worship other gods, you cannot worship other idols. And he says in verse 14 of chapter 24, Fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites who, whose land you now live? But as for me and my house, my family, we will serve the Lord. That's what led up to this scripture. That is the context of this scripture. People print it out. They put it in their house. Where did it ever come? Where did it come from? From Joshua, who was 110 years old. It said, do not forget the covenant and the faithfulness of your God. The bravery that went before you. The man of faith. The man of determination. The man of, of worship. Uh, a worshipful relationship with God. This scripture... <laughs> There's so much more depth to it than just ask for me in my house. We will try to serve the Lord on Sunday mornings. If it's convenient. And it doesn't put anybody out. Come on, guys. We're living in a time where our faith is being pressed from the left, from the right, from the north, from the south, backwards, forwards. Every card is being thrown at us race, gender, everything that the devil can think of. He's trying to press us and push us to not serve God. Don't serve God. Serve any other God. 
that you can find, but don't serve God. Serve the God of the lake. Serve the God of your bass boat. Serve the God of travel and pleasure. Serve every other God. Just don't serve the Lord. Serve your own pleasure. Serve your own 401k. Serve your money. Serve everything. Serve your, the God of your nation. Just don't serve God. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve? Bravery is not this warm and fuzzy feeling in a moment, in a time where you hear that soundtrack from Rocky. Dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, dun, da, da, da. I should change my ringtone to that. Brave. It's not a t-shirt you put on with a big S. No. Jesus didn't have to whip out the t-shirt. <laughs> he was bravery in motion. Let me see. Should I do this or should I? No. You already make the decision before you even need to make it. Bravery is when ordinary people recognize the moment to trust God, their extraordinary God, and obey what he tells them to do. Last point. People all around you, your neighbors, the people that your kids go to, uh, the, the parents that your kids go to school, let's see, the parents who have kids at your kids' school, <laughs> All of the people that you know that are watching, watching you, are looking for brave people that are willing to stand up above the crowd that is bowing down, that's taking the knee, that's kneeling down, that's conforming to the world, that's just saying, yeah, don't make any waves. Shh. You know, Christians, we're supposed to, we're supposed to be kind. Don't say anything that would ruffle anybody's feathers. Shh, 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 shh. We're all going to heaven. Shh, shh. You know, some people just... No. Bravery is for people that want to do something. Bravery is that extra power that comes on you when you decide, hey... Something's at risk here. Something's at risk. God's depending on us, on us to do something. Right? I don't want to just come to church. I am the church. But we've got to do something. There's such apathy in the American church. Passivity. We're pacifists. No fire. This, this building should be filled with people. We should be waiting right now for another service to come in here. Another group of people saying, we want to hear the truth. We want to hear the truth. We want to hear the truth. They should be at the door going, we want to hear the truth. We want to hear the truth. We want to hear the truth. You think I've lost my mind? Probably have. <laughs> If I burn, somebody's going to come and watch. So I'm going to burn. As for me and my house, we're going to burn. What are you going to do? You can watch or you can be a part of it. I'm not here. To, 
Again, I love you, but I'm not here to please you. Hear my heart. Hear my heart. I'm at a place in my life where I, 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 if you're a baby, I will change your diapers, wipe your nose, give you a, a fresh little bottle. But if you're not, yeah, at some point, come on. I know I'm being tough. You people with children, at some point, when little Mary or little Bobby can walk and they got some good legs and they're saying, ah, ah, hold me, hold me, hold me. Let's get up. Let's walk. Let's go. Let's go. In fact, everybody stand up right now. If I was Joshua, and I, and I studied Joshua for a few hours, just a few hours, and the more I studied it, the more I felt like I was Joshua. I was like, Lord, this is a, this is a, I sense, and I don't want to use the word feeling, but I sense like I'm Joshua here. I got to do something. The more I started studying that, I'm like, I've got to do something. If, if, if I know, just like David's mighty men knew they were aware of the times that they were living in and they knew what Israel should do. There's two things there. If you know what time it is and you know what to do, what is preventing you from doing it? Cowardice. There's only one thing to add. Bravery. Courage. So if I was Joshua and I said, guys... In three days, we're going, we're going up through the Jordan. We're, 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 we're taking the land. Would you be ready? I'm asking myself that. Lord, if you brought 200 people in here today that came down to be born again, would we be ready? And what's my responsibility in that? How do I prepare? How do I prepare? Because I hear the sound of abundance. I can see the signs of the times. I can see that there's going to be a harvest. But we are been lulled into this thing that supernaturally God's just going to do it all. We don't have to do we 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 won't have to make any changes. Life will just go on like our our schedules will be just so so and it won't affect us. Revival, when revival happens, things get messy. Oh my gosh, they're having another meeting at the church again? Ah, ah, this cuts into my family time. Are we your family? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, I better be quiet. Some people are... Oh, Lord. Where are our priorities, Lord? Where are our priorities? Are we still going to sit here a month, two months, six months, a year from now and just expect you to do all the work? That's my prayer, Lord. Expect you to do the work. Somebody's got to do the work. The work of the ministry. 
doesn't get done by some team that we hire and pay. Yeah. I don't see where the children of Israel went to Joshua and said, Hey, Joshua, hey, hey, Josh, we need a little advance before we head over the Jordan. Come on. Father, stir up your church. Stir up your church. Stir us up to do something, lest we do nothing. Stir us up, Lord, to be brave, to speak to our neighbors about Jesus. Forgive us for being timid. Forgive us for being bashful. Forgive us for being coward. Forgive us, Lord, for sitting when we should be standing. For going backwards when we should be going forward. Forgive us for judging. When we should be obeying. And busy about our Father's business. Lord, we should be the one that is in the temple. Doing our Father's business. Like Jesus. They couldn't find him. Because he was busy doing his father's business. Lord, this week we ask you to help us prioritize, reprioritize. During this during these summer months, Lord. Could we dare to pray that we would be drawn into a deeper time of prayer rather than It's all about me. Lord, thank you for sending the church at Winder over to pray for us. Help us to join them. I, I will be there <laughs> Tuesday, 630. I'll be there. Thank you for Peter Green's heart. Thank you for the churches around us that are, that are moving with you, that are moving with the cloud and moving with the pillar of fire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I hear the sound of abundance. I see children in this building. So many children. We've got to recruit workers at the last minute because there's so many children. And people on a waiting list to serve the children. And this building filled up multiple times. Not to say that, wow, look at us. We have... 10,000 followers on Facebook. No, because people in the community are getting healed. Their relationships are getting healed. Their marriages are getting healed. Their bodies are getting healed. People are coming to Jesus. Lord, paint that on the, on the canvas of our heart today. Show us that we're workers together with you. Forgive us for expecting you to do all the work. This is a brave moment. Lord, show us how to use this brave moment.